Did you hear the news? Metro PCS is now Metro by T-Mobile. Now you get new plans with unlimited high-speed data all month long. All on the T-Mobile network. Check out the new Metro by T-Mobile today and discover the smarter way to get unlimited. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. During congestion, the fraction of customers using greater than 35 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds. And Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video streams at 4DP. Coverage not available in some areas. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hey, welcome to Suicide Buddies. Before we get started with this episode, just want to say real quick, we joke around about suicide a lot on this show. And the reason we do that is because we're comfortable with it because we've thought about it a lot. Not because it's something that we actually take lightly. We want you to take care of yourselves and stay with us here on Earth. So if you are feeling depressed and contemplating suicide or close to suicide, please, please call 1-800-273-TALK. They're amazing. They will talk you through it. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day, they're there. Please, you have other options. You are loved, I promise you. Now, on with the show. I'm fun. Dave is the most relaxed he's ever been. I got a neck pillow in. <laughs> Dave's wearing one of my flight neck pillows. Do you have numerous? I literally do have numerous. Let's throw a second one on here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I always f- go to the airport without having brought a neck pillow, and I go, Fuck, like, I can't fall asleep without a neck pillow. So I've literally bought like seven or eight wow. in the last year. Damn. Yeah. That's wow, man! It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I feel like you're too relaxed. <laughs> what do you mean, dude? <laughs> man, just no, take, I'm serious. That was just super interesting. A minimal pressure off your neck. Really interesting story, <sighs> man. <laughs> <laughs> just getting a little bit of that neck press off. Yeah, dude. Oh man, more like heck pillows. Because what the heck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel the next step is we do this while getting massages. Yeah, totally. We just try and erase all getting anxiety. Beach. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're trying to get rid of depression in your life, I get recommend a beach, getting dude. a beach. <laughs> wearing a neck pillow. <laughs> getting a tight ass <laughs> beach. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> just get a beach, dude. It solves everything for me, dude. <laughs> Oh man, Papa Zanny, do a beach. <laughs> do a beach. Yeah. So just blow Give someone out. Give someone a blowjob. Yeah. Get a blowjob, which is as relaxing as giving or getting. It's yeah, all dude. it's all the same. My three step beating depression plan, fucking Papa Zanny. <laughs> get a blowjob, give a blowjob, dude. In that order. You will lose all sense of self. Yeah. <laughs> within a short amount of time. Yeah, totally. You'll be so dissociated that yeah. you won't be able to be sad. <laughs> My way to deal with depression, get involved in sexual slavery as soon as possible. Yeah. But, dude, there's only one thing that's ever gotten me out of a depression, and it's engaging in human trafficking. 
<laughs> uh, traffic was so bad today. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> I know. No! I know. I know. I'll allow it, but I know. Well, I just got back from tour, and let me tell you, it is noticeable how bad the traffic is in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> In comparison to other cities? Has anyone ever talked about this? Oh, my God. The sex traffic in Salt Lake City is so less bad than it is in our I cities. know, man. The sex traffic on the Sex 101? <laughs> boy, boy, what a not funny thing for, I us, know. for us to tackle. You know what's funny? It's like I used to literally always just make that joke. And then like as I get older... It's really hard to watch like conscientious porn. Uh huh. Like a porn where you're like, okay, that person uh, felt good. They were paid well. Uh huh. Everything's good. Uh, right. Where is this going? Uh, that most. Wait, I don't. Yeah, I don't understand. Sex work is like. Oh. I don't know. Most it's, sex it's, work. I don't think not that's most, true. But a lot is like corrupted with like. Sex trafficking. Yeah, I think that's like what they kind of mean when they say that. Wow. A lot of times. Because they're talking about like, you know, hey, these girls or people are like runaways. And then they like get involved. Wow. Is that... I know that that's a thing that happens. Uh Uh-huh. But... You're saying that that's like really common in the porn industry? That's like a lot? I'm saying I deal with this on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I don't know. I mean, like, I think kind of, but I, huh. I don't I, know how they're dealing with it right now, actually. That's, yeah, I like it's, that's interesting. I, I, I guess, like, I had just thought that that wasn't much of a part of at least the porn industry that happens in LA. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. I really don't think so. Uh, I don't know. It's all kind of weirdly unethical, I feel, right? Like if you do if you watch porn but you don't pay for it, isn't that like on some level like stealing someone's up? virginity? <laughs> yes, it's exactly that. You did that to them? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, taking yeah. art from an artist without paying for it always is If I nap, if I Napster, you fucking <laughs> Uh huh. Right. <laughs> am I? Am I? Oh, I see what you're saying. Am I Zuckerberg? <laughs> Actually, that really what you just said made me think. Maybe I should like look up the because I know we both do. We know a few porn stars. Sure. It's just like it's funny. They're just like around. We all live in L.A. Yeah, my mom. Yeah. My dad. Hey. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, I was born on tape. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, conceived, my, conceived my, on tape. My birth footage is <laughs> yeah. porn. It's porn to me, dude. How do you think I found I, out about you? I have a website. Dear, it's on oh the dark God. web. That'd be like the most funny, fucked up person. Is that they're like, oh, I just want to need. I need to see like a cream pie. Yeah. Oh, I need to see a dude like nut in a girl. Like horde, but then he's just like, he then I want to see it, the and birth. He's like, All right, now, yeah, like I'm gonna keep watching for nine months. <laughs> he's like, All right, she's going to like, you know, classes, cool. All wow. right, the dad's very attentive. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he just watches it for nine months, and the child gets born. He's like, Fucking sick, yeah. But he comes everywhere finally. <laughs> And then the child just keeps growing up, and he's like, yeah, this is hot. Yeah. And it turns out to be Donald Trump. (laughs) That fucking cream pie just became a fucking adult. (laughs) 
Wow. For the longest time, I wanted to do a dumb joke about how it's like, really religious people, you basically just believe that a cream pie is a miracle. <laughs> Which is the most reductive thing. Oh, that's say. true. That's like, funny. Like, you literally just believe, like, nutting hard is a <laughs> miracle. <laughs> it makes a baby. That's a miracle. <laughs> that's like, wh- who could have even imagined that's possible? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I don't know anybody who puts their dick in a pussy and comes like it's a possibility that they're gonna have a baby oh, wow. that resembles your genetic makeup and that's the other thing they're like and he looks just like me it's a miracle it's like no you came in her pussy like it, it, it should look like you it would be a miracle if you're like I fucking came in this girl she had a baby it looks just like Denzel Washington today yeah <laughs> it's fully grown Denzel Washington dude I yeah it's I, a miracle dude I fucked a watermelon and an apple came out <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude i mean man you know not to disparage having a child and all that it's worth but i mean like i'll I don't disparage know. it <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude i don't give a fuck anymore dude uh man the amount i jerk off in my shower i got so many kids in the sewer you know dude. what i mean <laughs> that's so funny that's so funny that that is a joke that is in every city is it a comic does a joke like that really yeah Wow. I had a couple in D.C. Well, I just thought of it right now. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, welcome to Suicide Buddies. I'm Dave Ross. Hey, guys. I'm Hampton Yunt. Um, Real quick, thank you all so much uh, for rating us and reviewing us on iTunes and subscribing. Please keep doing that. It's such a help. And if it's your first time at the show, this is a show where uh, we get pretty dark. We talk about suicide, suicide in our lives, suicide in history. Uh, and we joke around about it a lot because we've been there both with depression and suicidal thoughts. And we feel like our thoughts on it and our jokes about it could help you through it. But just know that uh, we don't think it's um, a light subject, suicide, and your pain matters. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the weird disclaimer we have to do every show. Do it every time. Yeah, if you just showed up, no, we're uh, not making fun of suicide. I wanted to make fun of you while you were giving the disclaimer to be like, I've never had a dark thought. Totally, yeah, of course. I've never felt bad. Yeah, dude, I just jerk off in showers, dude. <laughs> Don't listen to past episodes where I talk about how bad dude, I felt. <laughs> every time I've ever been sad, you know, all I do, I just fucking beach out. Can <laughs> be dude, dude, suicide, dude. Our tagline should be beach out. I I might be the first. Do you think I'm the first person on earth to say beach out? I think I am, dude. I, getting a beach, doing a beach, having a beach. We're having a beach. It really distresses day. me. It really distresses me that you turned your baseball cap backwards, dude. As you've started talking about all this, like you're, yeah, weird. dude. Ash Ketchum about sex. <laughs> all right, Pokemon. Uh, I'm about let, to get a beach. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm well. What's up, dude? My name's Dave. I'm from Manhattan Beach and <laughs> Newport Beach. Hermosa Beach, <laughs> all, all my favorite beaches. I've given up sex, basically. Have you? I've stopped trying. We are in your house that you live in with your girlfriend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what's your, you just told us that you in your you refuse to have sex with your girlfriend. Kind of. Really? We're just done. Really. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
I this mean, podcast well, is a lot of fun, uh, dude. I don't know. You're, now you're taking it super seriously. No, I guess not. I mean, it's it's fun. It's okay, good. good. It's good. It's Thanks. Fun. Thanks for checking in. No, that's nice. <laughs> Dave doesn't do the yes and form of improv. He does no, the no, 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 but fuck you <laughs> form of improv. I thought you were being serious, and I don't think that's too crazy. Two episodes ago, you were like, my life is over. I can't drink it alcohol is. anymore. It is. Uh-huh. <laughs> All of that's true. Um, All of it can be true. Yeah, it would be totally okay if you're anti-sex now. I'm not like anti-sex. I'm just like, man, what? why... Are we so preoccupied with it? Dude, I can tell you why. <laughs> uh, Pamela Anderson. Yeah, dude. High school prom. Obviously, someone's <laughs> never had their no, dick I don't sucked. Know, man. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so I mean, sorry. That's almost why I want to get it. Because I, I love the joke, but it's like, getting a beach is the fucking best. Like, I'll never forget when I was in a Spencer's Gifts and just going through, like, posters. And someone was like, hey, man, you know there's, like, hot babes in all these posters. Like, he was like, why aren't you jerking off? (laughs) Like, it was this I feel like we talk about that story more (laughs) than anything else on the podcast. It's possible. But I'm, I'm with you, man. Yeah, that type of, like... Weird. That type of like extreme male sexuality is very weird to like me. Like if you think yeah. that's going to in any way make your life better, <laughs> yeah, is so laughable. Totally. Like man, the one problem is chicks won't fuck me enough. Yeah. Which I mean, if when that's I was your one up, problem, when I was a teenager, that was a hundred percent like where my brain was at. Was totally. Like, what is my you know what's my identity going to be? But now that you're twenty three. <laughs> <laughs> and now that I've like experienced like Bonnaroo and Burning Man, yeah, dude, <laughs> I feel like I'm a real adult now. Now all I right, know uh, all I yeah, gotta do to feel like I'm 30. having sex is to fucking drink a whole twelve pack and take some Molly, dude. <laughs> um, well, Hampton, I don't know. Like I'm always kind of like uh, wanking it. <laughs> wow, we're in different headspaces. No, I'm today. always like when, it, like you know, somebody's like you know, seventy five or eighty five. Like no one's like, you get your dick sucked recently. <laughs> I actually think you're wrong because, uh, <laughs> really, dude, Jake Weissman's dad is the horniest person I've ever met, and he's, holy shit, it's crazy. He's always hitting on everybody. Past guest of the show, Jake yeah. Weissman. He's the, and I don't think that he would mind. I know him. His name's Lenny. He's really nice and funny. <laughs> <laughs> His name's Leisure Suit Lenny. So yeah. I don't know why he would ever. <laughs> yeah. His name's Boner Man. <laughs> um, Boner Man 5000. And I will say that, like, you know, he's he's not a. At least I don't know. A he's part not, of me thinks this is true. Like, I suspect this. No, it's true. Yeah, I, you just become hornier as you well, get older? Well, to, to clarify, uh, I don't entirely know because he's not my dad. I'm not around him that much. <laughs> I, but I, yeah, from right. what I've seen, it's not like he's a walking boner in the sense he doesn't say shit like, No, no. I want to fuck that ass or whatever. No, no, man. But I don't you e- would assume do, it goes down. Do you notice, oh. by the way, that my example was the phrase, <laughs> I want to fuck that ass? I don't know how to be horny. I have no idea. I've never once been horny. Um, I. Uh, um, I date women and we have sex, but I, that's just kind of because it's the rules. 
you just you kidding, guys, dude. I'm horny as fuck, dude. <laughs> you guys keep putting that on me. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm trying to be a virgin and go to heaven <laughs> with all my good boys. <laughs> Hey, if you die a virgin, do you have to fuck one of the 9-11 hijackers? Uh, there it is. I'm going to say that is. every time it, it comes up. I want to die. Because you say die a virgin a lot. Uh, <laughs> did you grow up Catholic? Oh, no. You grew up in one of those like speaking tongues religions, right? No, no. Catholic. Catholic. Oh, but, okay. But I kind of want to get back to, just very quickly, sure. Jake's dad. Sure. So he's... <laughs> I don't even mean to No, be yeah. Jake's he's a walking dad. hard on. I'm more just like... Damn, that's impressive. It's crazy, yeah. That's crazy. Like, okay, here's why I would say that. Mm -hmm. All of it, all of sexuality seems like such a constant effort. Sure. That, at, like, I mean, by the end of my 20s, I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, a, I'm done. I'm old now. Mm. And then now I'm in my 30s. I'm like, I can't even imagine being like 40, going into my 50s, being like, all right. Who's up? Wow. Where are we gonna lay this nut tonight? <laughs> like, wow, that's funny. Well, I, I will can't say, imagine being hornier as I get older. I'm definitely over the like what you just said. The like, oh, who am I gonna fuck tonight? Actually, I was never like that. But I, uh, <laughs> but I, I am like, I think I'm like just as or more horny now than I was like 10 years ago. Totally. Like when I'm dating a person, I'm like, ah, let's do this. And I say that and they don't like it. <laughs> you ruin it every time. You're in Thunderdome. <laughs> yeah, I've never had sex is my point. <laughs> Put on these headphones. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I don't know. I, I I honestly feel like people who have a ton of sex almost don't even know how to have sex. Like I've told you that story about Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh my uh, god, that story is fucking crazy. That guy fucks all the time, and he still fucks like a complete weirdo, dude. So I don't know. Check out Blah. previous episodes <laughs> and check out the Leonardo oh. DiCaprio story. By the way, we had one come out this week, but also we have a Patreon episode going up this week. We did two in a row to make sure we had two this month and. Both this week and last week is us reading listener emails on the Patreon, and we're going to at least keep up that trend somewhat, if not exclusively. So uh, if you want to hear us read your emails, um, we've been doing that on the Patreon. Honestly, Patreon. you guys have been giving us free content. We like it. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> That's fine. I'm on board. Uh, the Patreon is patreon.com slash suicide buddies, and the email is buddies, buddies, buddies at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, and recently, we've been kind of like soliciting. We just want to broach this where we kind of want to play a game maybe towards the oh, end yeah. of the show. So if anyone has like a game, here's the thing we're, we're fan sourcing this at first because I was like, I could come up with something, but I kind of want to know what people who listen to this would think. Yeah. And I want to know if you guys just knee-jerk, like if you think of a game that would be fun for us to kind of play in this free form of like suicide in history, just some sort of like game, we'd be willing to take it. But I mean, I think we're like discussing doing something like that. One game that I would love to play, and I could set this up, it wouldn't be that hard, is... Russian Roulette. Uh, yeah, Russian Roulette, where we die. <laughs> Every episode. I want to die. We die. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, totally. It's called Drowning Race. <laughs> and whoever drowns first wins. 
that's what I'm super worried about doing this. Like, all right, there's a contest. What do we got? And they're yeah. like, all right, who's got the bigger noose? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that we should we should just play a game where an Aristotle would have to run it, but that'd be fun. Uh, where we go through playing different Rage Against the Machine songs, and <laughs> whoever can guess which one it is the quickest wins a po- gets a point. You know, absolutely. Or we could just go back and forth. This Fun. song's called "The Government Is a Pussy." <laughs> <laughs> Like, okay, which Rage Against the Machine song is this? Oh, that's uh, Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Which kind of, no, I think it was Bulls on Parade. Uh, who we're going to talk about this week. Oh, okay. Uh, Cotton Eye Joe kind of started the foreground of uh, modern contemporary dance music, uh, EDM. Dave, we're doing an EDM episode. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> we're going to be talking about Avicii. Oh, man. <laughs> I thought we were going to do Darud. <laughs> <laughs> He's still alive as far as I know. Avicii, that's cool, man. Yeah, we're going to do Moby, <laughs> the oh, oldest EDM oh, artist wow. ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, um, uh, Avicii, okay. who, uh, who killed himself after an incredibly odd like touring Okay. Life and schedule. So well, that's going to be the uh, basis of the episode. We'll talk, dude. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute. Put back on your neck pillow. <laughs> Relax. You uh, look at my, check out my Instagram this week for me having a lot of fun with Hampton's neck pillow. <laughs> mm, I'm chill. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Doesn't matter what they say Cause I'm gonna get my way If I don't wanna go <laughs> Hey <laughs> You want to party? <laughs> I know, I know. It's an EDM yeah. episode, dude. Yeah. There's no way around it. I wanted to ask you right up at the top, what is your experience with EDM? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... Um, my favorite song is definitely Unz. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also my favorite artist. <laughs> <laughs> it's a German composer Hello, just named Unz. <laughs> But like, it's pronounced. I don't know, man. Like, since we're gonna be talking about Avicii and dance music, when I was growing up, it was not even a thing. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like, Moby existed. I knew that Eminem wanted to stomp him out. Right. <laughs> I knew that Eminem and Moby had beef. That was so ridiculous, dude. <laughs> well, there was that period in the nineties where all I knew about. Well, okay, dance music. Electronic dance music has been around for a a long while now, and it has 
like most of that time been really popular in the underground, like like in a big yeah, yeah. way. There have been like a lot of fans of it, but yeah, now yeah. it's. I've been noted. I've been like clocking that in the past few years. How weird that is because. Mm-hmm. When I was in, I started college in 2000, and I like very quickly got into party drugs. Dude, you should have warned us about 9-11. Yeah, no, I did know about it. Because uh, I went to college in, in uh, well, you know, whatever the, the funny things to say would be. <laughs> I was in like, the fall. wait, in what even, where would I even go to college to know about 9-11? I went to college in 311. Yeah. <laughs> I basically did. <laughs> I went to USC, so I went to 311, right, basically. Yeah, your uh, college years. Uh, yeah, and I like pretty quickly got into psychedelics and uh, taking E, and I took like my first couple of years of college. I took I took ecstasy like basically every weekend. And holy um, shit, are you serious? Yeah. And um, Dave. We, <laughs> yeah. Why do you think I'm so sad? Um, <laughs> Uh, it's so funny because that really ties into later. Um, damn, dude. Man. And so we went to, like, and the people I hung out with, we went to a lot of, um, I mean, for lack of a better term, underground raves, but they were just yeah, yeah. parties sure. that there would be DJs and like two or 300 people would go and they weren't advertised that much and you just like would find out about them from whatever. And, uh, yeah. but also during that, there were like Monster Massive was happening during that and Energy, these like, they were called Massives. Raves where Raves. thousands and thousands of people would go, yeah. and there would be like flyers with fucking fifty million producers and DJs listed on it, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah. dude, in the fairy room, we're spinning <laughs> drum and bass," and you're just like, "Oh man, I, I <laughs> um, we got fire twirlers, we got yeah. lollipop girls, we got diaper babies, yeah. we have toothless Dan, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah." Um, the and list like, keeps growing, dude. On the main stage, we got <laughs> we got straight up trance, but on the small stage, dude, you're not even gonna fucking know, dude. And I, uh, well, I, I know it's it's funny that like that well, culture was growing out of like mm-hmm. I I think ecstasy was kind of taking a hold in America. Yeah, like this dance culture totally grabbed onto it, and then it's in this very like niche all- niche culture. Was dance well, music. I guess my and then point it started growing out of there. Yeah, but even like with it being these massives that literally, yeah, like some of them, tens of thousands of people would go to. It was that big, but it was still subculture. Mm-hmm. It still wasn't a thing that most people I knew would do. Sure. And even if you were in a place where a lot of people in your school went or something, it still wasn't commonplace. <laughs> but. <laughs> And it, you know, it stayed around people taking drugs and going to raves and shit like that. But then, somewhere in the past like five years, EDM became pop music, and that's crazy to me. Even to the extent that, that like, alone is baffling. If you pay yeah. attention, a lot of pop songs, they're the music is just EDM with oh, someone yeah. singing over it. Dude, what they've yeah. noticed now is like most hooks are kind of doing this, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like this, like, it's like this thing to just like, I don't know, be like a animal call. Right. <laughs> like it's just like this weird like hook that every song suddenly has. And it's also like, yeah, I mean, the it's idea. Just like this sounds so similar. And I think the thing that's really, you know, it's pop culture when people just go to watch an EDM DJ and get drunk. 
Whereas like before, <laughs> even if Absolutely. you were a big nerd for this kind of music, you were like, your plan for the night was to take ecstasy. <laughs> and then you'd be like, oh, cool. While I'm on E, I'll get to see fucking Underworld or whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, like in the early days, you know, you were in like the Czech Republic, mm-hmm. you know, your friend would be trippy and you'd be called flippy <laughs> and you would yeah. just do like like yeah. goth rave music for like 12 hours, you know, and like it was this weird thing of like maybe you do ecstasy, but like party culture emerged out of that. Yeah, right. Basically out of Europe. Basically all EDM came oh, yeah. out of the Czech Republic and the thing that's so interesting to me as I've been looking into like EDM music, uh, you know, the electric dance music, <laughs> is that it's basically like a reaction to if life is just so shitty around you. You want to dance and take drugs. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. interesting because yeah. it's like EDM specifically, it, you don't have to think at all. No. And you don't even have to dance well. It's just the, <laughs> it's just the simplest so beat. True. Even so like true. even hip hop as a beat is more complex than EDM. EDM is just four on the floor, fucking. Yeah, it's just like someone punching a wall. Yeah, and uh, and also in generally, it's like very um, major key and ethereal sounding it's very pretty well what's what makes you very happy happened is like edm you know when we were growing up i remember like the pie soundtrack being a big deal oh wow like they would play that at school dances i remember like wow. i would even request it like play the pie soundtrack and it was if you've never seen the movie pie it's like this stupid nihilistic movie about mathematicians and it's yeah. very like like it's just like early pre-matrix music right and like we would play that at school dances and like literally kids would come up to me and be like what the fuck is happening yeah why is why have you ruined the dance oh dude when i was (laughs) like like, what year would this have been in like 2007 (laughs) i think i worked at a startup in santa monica and it was like there okay. were like 50 of us. Uh, it was a really weird startup that like hired, they at, they purposely hired underemployed people in their early 20s who were like just out of college. And it's hard to, if I explain why, it would be a long story. Um, <laughs> but so it was like a bunch of people who They're like- slaves. Let's get them. <laughs> yeah. It was like a bullshit job where we had to do research and there were like 40 or 50 of us, right? And uh, it was funny, right- it was the year that Strawberry Jam from Animal Collective came out, and if you, which is uh, still one of my favorite records, and if you play that record, the first song is called Peace Bone, in the beginning, like it's a, it was their first dance album, and uh, yeah, yeah, the beginning of the song is like a bunch of weird electronic sounds, sort of like slowly merging into being a beat. Oh, it's just like okay, you know, shit like okay. that, and yeah, I fucking yeah. I. <laughs> I had it in my stereo, and like five of us were going in my car to get food uh, for lunch one day, and everyone piled in my car, turned the car on. That song with all the electronic sound starts playing, and this girl, Veronica, goes, oh my God, what's wrong with your car? (laughs) And I was like, oh, no, 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 that's just the song. And she was like, what? (laughs) It's hard to maybe get into this, because it's like... Say with Avicii, just because like my my relationship with this type of music has always been like confrontational. Totally, it's been a little like, 
I don't know. It's kind of okay. I don't know why people like it so much. Well, if you spe- specifically because there's a lot of electronic music that it okay. There's a lot of electronic music and dance music and electronic dance music that is like artful and complex and shit and it's like very well made hard to write <laughs> and shit and shit <laughs> well you know like because you're you're talking about the pie soundtrack that was like i yeah, know yeah. some forever ago you know that that the music that was on there was like it was like square pusher kind of stuff okay, uh yes and like what's the big uh apex twin it was yeah. that kind of sound apex and shit. Twin. Exactly. yeah and, and that stuff's great well Sure. Uh, I agree. I, I think what's interesting... And even if you don't like it, I'm sorry, uh, even if you don't like it, you can be like, okay, this is, someone wrote this and it's music. Yeah, yeah. Whereas what you think of as EDM is just like, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, It's a little bit more complicated, but I, I totally agree. Like, at least to our ears, it yeah. doesn't sound complicated. Right. But the thing I've kind of found out by looking into Avicii is like, how immensely he oh. had to like immerse himself in it's... in the music and creating it, and it's like on lo- the level of like Michael Jackson or like any sort of composer, like just to have to think on that many levels hmm. and okay. combine sounds and shit. It's just like I don't even know how you like touch that sort of huh. thing. It's a, it's a very complicated thing. And what I've kind of found is so here's what's interesting. So like we grew up with that generation of like EDM as being kind of like nerds dancing in the dark, you know, we're depressed. (laughs) So it's always been a music of incredibly intellectual, depressed people. Huh? That's the only people who have the, the wherewithal to sit down at a computer and make that many tracks uh, put together. Yeah, Yeah. 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 You have to be completely isolated. Right. And it's, it's so disastrous that this, like form of music became the most popular form of Bro-y music. shit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because if you look at early, I've seen like Aphex Twin, like uh, live footage and shit, and like they're they're super like behind the table, like yeah. hiding, like they're running machines. They're not like, in, they're not like waving their hands, like how we now know as a DJ right. to do that. Yeah. And it's like Avicii, Kind of was at the forefront of those DJs becoming popular who were like waving their hands in front of the whole crowd. Yeah, like, that's how I know him. It's like Zed. Yeah, those yeah. guys manipulating it's like super, a huge audience for lack of a better term, easy music. Yeah, no, yeah. it's 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 odd because I think like to the I don't want to say to the lay person, but just to maybe our generation, it's a little like, hey, that seems. Stupid and simple. But like, I actually don't entirely think that. I just think it's like really, it's like one of the most easily absorbed styles of music. Of course, any and music of course that you should difficult. be listening to while you're jogging. Right. <laughs> like, right you're going to be like, w- or just wait, that makes what the you fuck? love everybody. You know? yeah, yeah, I don't mean to sound disrespectful. No, 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 I, no. I actually think. It, yeah, it's got to be hard. I know, what, like, what, Dead Mouse is really good what at it. Give me, what gave me, like, a huge, like, honestly weird, like, uh, respect for the industry was watching this documentary on Netflix about Steve Aoki, mm. who is like, he sucks. Does <laughs> but, he? <laughs> I don't know much about these people. Music. I hate his music. But it's like, he puts in, here's, here's how he kind of lays out his schedule of travel. He basically sleeps sleeps three hours a night, uh-huh. and like takes a naps 
any chance he gets between conversations, between business meetings, huh. he has to sleep. And he is on tour a hundred, like all of the days of the year. Whoa. Yeah. A hundred, like, which are a hundred days. <laughs> I realized the math real mm-hmm. quick. <laughs> I was like, he's on day. Wait, but why do you say he He's sucks? on tour a hundred days of the year. Why does he suck? I, I don't like the music. Oh, yeah. I don't And also, know it. like, I think if you were a lay per- like someone just approaching what he is he does, it would seem simplistic. It would seem like... It's really simple. Par- party shit. He's just trying okay. to make parties happen. But, like... Yeah, that music is boring to me generally. The but. odd thing about Steve Aoki is, like, this dude should be, like, a totally different person. Yeah. He, his dad... Created Benny Hanna, okay, <laughs> the Japanese steakhouse chain, which yeah, is where massively they like successful make the meat do flips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his dad made the meat do flips. <laughs> wow, the popping you know shrimp into your mouth, totally. You know, and shit. Yeah, so his da- his dad they squirting is squirting the oil. They squirt the oil around. <laughs> I can't remember what his dad's <laughs> name is. I think it's like Guy, Guy Aoki or something, or uh. Richie Aoki. But his dad was like a promoter of like wrestling, and he was like, uh, like uh, what do you call it? Um, it's like a racing boat champion, like boats that rate like high speed racing boats. You know what I mean? That do like two hundred miles on the sure. fucking speed boats. Speed boats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Speed boats. Fa- fast boats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did fast boats. Boats going fast. But like. I don't know. I watched this whole documentary about Steve Aoki that was incredible because his dad basically was like, I don't want my child to have anything. <laughs> and he just like completely cut Steve Aoki out like at Whoa. a young age. Crazy. So like Steve Aoki has had to like make a career out of like nothing when your dad is a billionaire. Whoa. Basically. So that's part of me where I'm like, okay, I have like some respect Definitely. For this guy. Even if I don't like your music. And he tours like nonstop. He created like companies and shit. So kind of the thing is, is like EDM rising as as this industry, they just didn't know. And maybe they didn't even give a fuck. But it was kind of like, you're a DJ. Let's put you on the road every day of the year. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, to- almost like treating their job like... You just go up there and push buttons. Oh, sure. So we can go fly you from like L.A. to Tokyo to Melbourne to Belgium. Yeah, because you're not even doing anything up there. You're not even doing anything. Right. But it's like if you watch the Steve Aoki thing, he's probably the most well-adjusted dude. Yeah. And he's like, I sleep three hours a night. Wow. And I I sleep standing up uh, in between meetings. Wow. Like I have a meeting at two. I have a meeting at four. I just sleep standing up. So he's just always tired. Dude, it's so crazy. Like, Steve Aoki is probably going to die at a young age. Whoa. Like, I guarantee you. Like, I've, I, like, people, like, treat his story like it's an accomplishment. Like, Business Insider or, like, the Wall Street Journal is like, Steve Aoki sleeps standing up. What a business genius. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Like, they're totally misreading (laughs) that this guy is going to die at a young age. People that are obsessed with business as, like, a cool thing to be interested in, Mm -hmm. like it's an art form, (laughs) are insane. They're insane. Like, it's just business, dude. Really? Because you just killed five children. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I had to in order to buy another Target. <laughs> well, that's how you make Targets. Yeah, dude. You have to you buy like, and sell children. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, yeah. a Target's been made about a half mile down my road, and I already have a Target a mile down my road. Wow, dude. Yeah. Pretty soon you're going to have a Target on your back. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought you were, were not like old stand up, and they'd be like, There's a Starbucks, and then there's a Starbucks right across the street. Yeah, oh man, my favorite one is uh, yeah. so I go in there and I order a small, and no, no, actually, they say, Actually, no, it's a Giordo, and I, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. even know the word why I can't say small anymore. I'm just trying to get small coffee. I can't say tall. Why is tall small? Why is grande oh, medium? Oh, Com- man. Comedy before mass shootings. <laughs> what a treat. <laughs> yeah. It was delightful. Before 9-11, we were all so young, you know? Get on stage. In fact, I was 17. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Avicii, uh, he, this dude, I, I, I'm sure you know of him, right? Like, you know, we've all, like, Seen billboards? Him. Yeah. yeah billboards. He, he died at 28. Wow. Super fucking young. He died at an incredibly young age. Yeah, that's crazy. He retired at 26. Whoa. And he'd been creating music since 16. So, wow. Yeah. 26 he retired? 26. And it was two years later yeah, he yeah. killed himself? Uh, and if you look Sounds like he just wasn't time. ready for the breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> Here it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. The <laughs> breakdown in the song. That's my favorite part of an EDM song when it's like, yeah, and then it just goes like this. And then you're supposed to think that, like, well, right now we're in the desert, and the only thing that can save us you is know, the beat coming back. Okay. Wait, hey, I'm not done with my bit. And I swear to fuck if you interrupt me. <laughs> no, I guess I'm done. <laughs> I guess you mm-hmm. were done. Well, yeah, I was oh, interrupted. Shit. No, man, the breakdown, like, say with EDM music, like, and maybe what my, like, naivety to it is, is, like, the same thing that I think a lot of people in the 90s had towards rap. Where that was like, the beat coming back in after the breakdown. <laughs> dude, no, but people... Dude, Sam Kinison literally... The comedian had a special where he was like, what the fuck is rap? It's like, I grab on my crotch and that's why I rock. It's like, fuck <laughs> yeah, that shit. Like, and totally. then the audience is like. <laughs> totally. Like, if you just take a musical genre and you're like, it's just blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. It's like, you could do that with any. Absolutely. You know, country music or, you know. Yeah, or rock music yeah, yeah. or jazz music <laughs> or jazz music. bluegrass music <laughs> or, you know, Western music or Wait, world Dave, music Dave, or. Do a couple more examples. Dance music <laughs> or smooth jazz music. Smooth jazz. I'm just saying, like, it seems hip hop music. Here's or... the thing: like, you you really just have to consider with Avicii's life. Basically, <clears throat> is that when he was working on his music, SoundCloud rap, as <laughs> <laughs> a lot with performers and musicians, he was working like twenty four seven 
on that shit. Like it, it wasn't like a. I Sounds press like a it button couldn't handle the breakdown. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! That literally leads into a joke. I so, will. Can I say real quick? Yeah. Are you familiar with the part of the EDM song I'm talking about where they it goes? Yes, you are. Yes, man. If you're listening, please tell me. Please email buddiesbuddiesbuddies at gmail.com and tell me what the fuck that is. I've always, I have, dude, to like literally just like sweating my balls off as a dumbass young person uh, <laughs> dancing to that. And then it happens. And then it's like, I think they put that, I literally think they put that sound into EDM songs. So you all think that you're in a movie about cars. <laughs> just like, it like, and like, oh shit, now we gotta get away from the guy with the gun briefcase. I, uh, I, I don't know. Yes, um, yes, absolutely. Yeah. The entire appeal of the music genre, mm-hmm. as, as we've kind of talked about, it's like, it really came out of like people doing drugs. Right. This is a ecstasy built music movement. Yeah. So it is about like, how can I listen to music for two to three to four hours and just feel things? Yeah, yeah. So, like, the way they think about songs is about that. They think about, like, how is it going to bring joy yeah, right, right now? Like, it's this weird, How is it going to release endorphins? That's crazy, It's man. a crazy, like, really specific musical genre that attracts these nerds like right. people who are like very isolated just thinking about music right all the time that's so ironic that it's them and then their fans are just like that's exactly what i'm thinking dude, the more the more yeah. callers the hotter you are dude well um, if you look at avici his real name is tim burgling Tim Burling? Tim well, Burling. why didn't he keep that name? <laughs> well, actually, what happened was he tried to register that on MySpace, but that name had already been taken. Oh, really? So he took Avicii, which means it's the Buddhist term for hell. What? And then his entire career, as you look into it, is just hell. <laughs> wow. He's like literally at, at the same... Wait, Buddhism has a hell? <laughs> That's yeah, crazy. They have a couple hells. Uh, wow. So probably chill though. <laughs> they're all chill, they're all chill. <laughs> yeah, one is like the the hell of searing gas pain. <laughs> one is the hell of knives. One is the hell of like what? <laughs> they have a lot of hells. Whoa. Uh, yeah. So what's so crazy is like they get the people who tend to rise up in this industry like Dead Mouse. Tiesto, mm-hmm. all those names that you see on like Las Vegas billboard, you know, like come out, drink, we're doing Jaeger shots. Yeah, they're all nerds. Yeah, of they're course. all vampire nerds, dude. Who can I? When I had was, a hard life, when I was like getting in, I had like a six month period where I got really into trance in two thousand when I started taking uh, ecstasy, and I had like I just would download from like you know sharing sites. And uh, I had like a Winamp player, you know, with just yeah. all of these things. And the, there was a ton of Paul Oakenfold in there and a ton of Mars and Mystery. I don't know <laughs> if you know them. But there was one DJ Tiesto song that was in 2000. And he was already pretty big just in the like underground dance world. But the song, the reason I had it um, was that it was, I believe it was a, a trance cover of the... 
Clockwork Orange theme song. Oh, no. I also had Moby, you made a trans cover of the Star Wars theme song. Oh, but anyway, this is what I'm saying. Like, they're nerds. That's my point. Dance music just was like, in a, it was in a void. It yeah. just didn't make sense. So when it blew up, mm-hmm. right, and it's them getting all these DJs who are very, like, introverts, mm-hmm. right? The culture that they're playing before are like... 20,000 people on ecstasy. They are drinking Grey Goose. They're (laughs) fucked up. They're here to party. Yeah. And those tracks which you, you know, are composing by yourself and accumulating. And, like, I don't think any DJ is like, how are these all going to sound in a four-hour set? Oh, shit. You know what I mean? Like, you're coming up with a song at a time, and it kind of leads into other shit. And certainly a lot of... EDM musicians have gotten better at crafting these longer sets, but I think early on it really hit a lot of these early EDM guys like Avicii, Dead Mouse, Tiesto. Like they were like, "Okay, I made a hit. Like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck do you want from me? Like, yeah, why do I have to now go play three hundred shows? Yeah, in a year." And this is the common touring schedule thing I found with EDM artists. Like, this is really where, like, the industry has just brutalized these people. Okay. It's like, if you are an EDM artist, you get put on the road minimum, like, 300 days of your year. Wow. So that's an extra, what, like, 64, 65 sporadically free. Yeah. And it's like... When you and I watched the Steve Aoki documentary about his life, and he's maybe the most well-adjusted. Yeah. But if you just imagine that with anybody who's not well-adjusted, right? It's How like, much you would fuck with them? Go do this this show in Miami. Get on a plane, sleep for two hours. Get up in the morning. You have to prep the stage. You have to prep for time. You have to go do radio in the morning. You have to go do this interview. You have to go do this other thing. You have to prep the show even more. Do the show. Go launch off to another place. Like. I've never seen anybody more overworked. Wow, yeah. Like, honestly, like, uh, 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 even, like, rock musicians, like, get in the van. Like, right. that shit, like, no. no. It's Take like... more breaks than that. They don't have to, like, get on a plane that night to Ibiza, like, halfway across the world. Right. It's like, no matter what, you get to maybe sleep on a cushion, you know, couch that night. It's insane. You know what I mean? Like... The only thing people I would say work harder than that are comedians. <laughs> I'd say... Dude, I'm on the road, like, uh, fucking... Webcam <sighs> girls and comedians. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Two people... Cam girls, the secretary of HUD. <laughs> people that have an Instagram feed of just their butt. Uh, yeah. That's the most you've ever had to work for. Don't talk about... Steve Ag like that. <laughs> I've been thinking so much about how it's like on Instagram. It's like you can just have a nice butt and you can just have a career. Yeah, that's all you need to do. That's why I you work need to have out a nice so butt. much. <laughs> I'm trying to get that butt money, dude. <laughs> so when Avicii uh, killed himself, or he took his own life at uh, 28, <laughs> he killed himself in a. It's a small country. I don't know it. It's called. Canada? <laughs> Canada. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce this. It's uh, Muscat, Canada. Oman. Oh, wow. I don't even know. So it was in Canada. <laughs> it was in Canada. <laughs> and uh, he had taken his life from 
a broken bottle of wine. He cut his he cut himself open. Whoa! Yeah. This guy at that 28 seems is nationally. I mean, internationally, just like one of the biggest stars. He he won like music awards. Wow! Yeah, leading up to it, and uh, that's how he kind of entered the end of his. Of his life. Whoa. And the, the, a broken bottle, man. That's so intense. I know. When I read that, I was like, my dumb, like, absolute worst fantasy <laughs> to kill myself uh-huh. <laughs> would be to take a broken bottle and just, like, shove it into my neck mm-hmm. and just have, like, the bottle pour, pour out, out blood, yeah, in, drinks to people. <laughs> into a wine glass? <laughs> yeah. Taste me. <laughs> Make sure you Taste sniff me. it yeah, yeah. first. <laughs> like, it's such a brutal way for him to have killed himself. Wow. It's a brutal way to go. So what's the name of the, the country again? Muscat Oman. And where is it? Uh, we have no information it, on that. Oman is an Arab country on oh. the southeastern coast of the Arabian Peninsula, Peninsula in Western Asia. Oh, in Oman, it was Oman. the town was Muscat. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know the I've country. I've been having kind of tr- <laughs> okay. Oman. I've been yeah. having trouble, like kind of like, what is this place? Oh yeah. So the lead up to that is it like Vermont? <laughs> <laughs> is, or is it more like <laughs> Alabama? Is Bernie from there? <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Yeah, more like oh man! More like my wife. The thing is, is like <laughs> he retired at twenty six and then took his life at twenty eight. Wow! Yeah, and there's you know two years there where you could be like, hey, he got his shit together, or whatever. Yeah, I don't do you th- know? What I don't happens? think that's the case. Now, basically, what I've looked into with his life is that, for one, the legacy that this guy has created is huge. Like, if we really think about, like, how big EDM music has come over the last, like, decade, Mm -hmm. like, he's one of those people that literally blew it up with hit signal, uh, (laughs) sorry, hit singles that became chart topping and won Mm -hmm. awards. Yeah. Wake Me Up, all that all that stuff. And he started to play these like 30,000, 50,000, the biggest arenas. Yeah. Like no other art. like 500,000. Yeah, like rappers. 20 and, million. Rappers and like rock musicians aren't playing these level of venues. Yeah. And so. Did you know that Avicii once performed for the entire population of the United States? <laughs> <laughs> and no one would kneel for his yeah. version of hell the- fucking no dude not in my america <laughs> he played for all of america I and take all drugs. of america took a knee yeah <laughs> <laughs> take drugs and i stand during football games well basically what was happening as far as i can tell is like the music industry was very like vampire taking advantage of like okay holy shit all these people are like showing up. They're very into like taking drugs. We can sell like, and we can get them to go to as many shows as uh, as we as we can yeah. possibly make. Sure. And, and I think a thing also happening in society is that like again, like this music's becoming popular because society's becoming a bit like nihilistic. Sure. Something they kind of point to is that like when society is uncomplicated 
or or what's happening in the news is uncomplicated. We tend to be like more introspective with huh. our music. But when things are truly dark and really complex, yeah, yeah we tend to be like, fuck it. Make it easy. Give like, me a fucking energy drink. I don't give yeah. a shit. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like a good example is like during the Vietnam War, one of the top, sing- uh, again, I'm having trouble saying this, top singles. <laughs> one wow. of the top singles during the Vietnam War was. Uh, oh honey, bam 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 Oh sugar, sugar, bam 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 bam. It was literally about like candy and sugar. Wow, yeah. <laughs> and that was like number one. <laughs> wow. During all of the Vietnam War. Wow, <laughs> it was sure. Just like people, like I don't know, like fuck it, candy. <laughs> like I don't know. Wow. <laughs> it's a weird thing. Like society doesn't with our art. When we're confronted with actual brutality, we want to go to something very simple. Yeah. Sometimes, and say, like, also with comedy in during the Vietnam War, we turned to Steve Martin, which was like... I really put, silly. Yeah, I put, like, an arrow through my head. I got the rabbit ears. Everything yeah. is a silly joke. It's not about anything. Like... We need a break. It's like, I know Nixon just made, like, you know, 100,000 soldiers just go off to go die on a lie, but uh, here's an arrow through my head. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's weird. Yeah. Like, art gets this really weird way. I mean, especially now, it's like, it's so depressing because not only are we in numerous wars and, like, racists have been activated is there's this <laughs> there's this extra thing where it was like it felt so good for a lot of people for a while at least it felt like wow we're really going in the right direction so there's this added sort of collective universal depression that not even just in the US outside of it too that we could possibly regress that much in thought back to this like fucking awful <laughs> person and well, everyone I around point him. point to like the chain smokers being a prime example. Sure. Of like, wow, you've really transcended the EDM to just popular mainstream. You're the biggest act and your music just fucking sucks. Do, 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 <laughs> yeah. do, do. I met you at a Blink-182 concert. <laughs> <laughs> wanted to kiss your lips. Is that the Chainsmokers? <laughs> the Chainsmokers literally do name check Blink-182. In a oh, maybe I've never heard the Chainsmokers they and suck, I just thought yeah. I had. They have a singer over EDM. Is that what it's like, basically? Uh, yeah. No, it's them, but they do AD- EDM, basically. Okay. So the thing with uh, Avicii like, coming up with that, imagine like a music trend just popping off. Mm-hmm. Right, especially one like this that is playing to like hundreds of thousands of people. Like, mm-hmm. it's just so big. Yeah, it's so fucking big. So the problem that starts to happen is like, what do you do when you're in that situation and you now have fifty people who are like dependent on you? Uh huh. So the thing that's prevalent throughout Avicii's short—I mean, it's a short career if you really think about it—he is from like early on. He's an introvert. He's from a small town uh, in uh, in Sweden, and uh, he he's just like what he just. I, I don't know if it's a small town per se, but what he describes it as, he's like, he, I never left a five block radius till I was nineteen. Wow, it's like my school, my hospital, all my friends. You know, like it was all this very small environment. 
and so from there, he starts making tracks because okay. his brother's a DJ and he starts getting interested in it and it starts taking off. Right. So the thing is like with EDM, it's like it's right place, right time with him. And it's like, you know, you make these banger dance tracks. Like suddenly it's like management starts approaching. Sure. Well, he gets huge, right? Yeah. It's a very short amount of time. He gets taken from obscurity to being full time on the road. Right. At the age of like. 18. 18. And 18. that's got to be like a massive shock to him as a human massive being. Massive shock. It comes out of nowhere, sure. Yeah. And then he's like, he has this entourage of people that are that work for him, mm-hmm. and then probably a massive group of people that bother him for <laughs> fucking, to do yeah. tour dates and to do press and radio and shit like yeah. that. Yeah. It sounds like from when you listen to interviews with him, he's a very like introspective guy doesn't want to have to deal with a lot of anxiety and he's kind of like put into this situation that he didn't like necessarily ask for. Right. Which was that EDM would get so huge. So the big thing that keeps plaguing him throughout his career, because as EDM is just blowing up. So what you have to understand with that is also like the money coming in is just astronomical. Right, sure. Like when you invite that much money, it then it then requires like necessity it's like you have to show up because a hundred people are relying on you you know are relying you and then out of their orbit 200 people are relying you you know it's it's like the the orbit of like how much you have to show up sure gets like crazy yeah so like this guy has been like dealing with that for like already like at the beginning of his career yeah. He's just like thrown into like touring all the time. So he starts developing like health problems, uh, as a lot of these guys do. And as I've watched with like the Steve Aoki documentary, like they just drink. Sure. To extent. Because it's almost insane, right? Like you have to perform in front of a hundred thousand people on ecstasy. Yeah. What are you doing? Right. <laughs> it's like, are you going to have a shot or not? Right. Yeah, you're partying all the time. You're also, always at a party. Also, you feel like God. Yeah. You're just like manipulating 100,000 people a night. Yeah. <laughs> well, but oh, wait. Okay, so he starts having health problems. What kind of health problems? Well, um, he started uh, developing like pancreatic. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he developed acute pancreatitis uh, due to his alcohol use. Wow. Basically... He was drinking an insane amount. Sure. Okay. And he even like talks about it in this weird documentary I saw, which is, if I can explain for five seconds, it's so crazy. Like he made this documentary with Netflix called True Stories. Okay. And he died like six months after it got released. Whoa. But the whole documentary is like, you're watching a guy die. Whoa. Like, I watched it. It's insane. And so Netflix kind of like scrubbed it from the internet. Really? Like, and they blame Netflix will do shit. Like, I kind of know how Netflix does shit. They'll be like, well, we sold the rights to Europe for like a half a year and then we decided to not renew the rights. But like, they just got rid of this documentary. Huh. That they financed that was like, follow Avicii on the road. 
But what it, the documentary is, is like his friend following him with a camera uh-huh. and Avicii being like, I want to stop. I, I need to get rest. I have too much anxiety and too much, like, I don't sleep. I don't have any, like, life. You know, yeah. he, he's, like, being pressured on so many different fronts. Wow. There, there's so much going on. And then him being like, I want to stop. And then his management literally at every opportunity is like, okay, that's cool. But, like, okay, so we got to do those Vegas dates. And then how do we quit? Like, they're always putting up the next thing. Like, okay, so, but you, like, have to do these next 30 dates. Wow. So, like, how are you going to get out of that? Whoa. And then them being like, well, if you do that, you're going to be, like, financially ruined, even though that's not, like, really the case. Financially ruined in what way? They would sue him because he had contracts or something like that? Yeah, they'd be like, well, people might sue, and, like, you're going to have to owe money. It's, like, the kind of shit I deal with sometimes my manager, where I'm always, like, I'm telling you what I need to live yeah, and to just feel okay. And you're telling me like, well, it's going to be another 50 bucks to get that cab to go to the airport. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, I know that's money, but like. Right. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> various people are not listening to him. And so, okay, I'm like. you. Yeah, no one's listening I'm to him. I'm seeing the picture that you're painting now. Like, this is a, first of all, he's a kid who was just like making shit in his room and made some hits and was like pulled up into stardom basically overnight. Yeah. And then pretty quickly was turned into this international superstar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he he works 300 days a year. Mm-hmm. And it's he, stressful on every single end. Yeah. It's partying. He's and, never had a good like ability to be in the public eye. Like, sure. He's extremely well, introverted. Uh, well... I, I guess need some to people say do, more but... so than more people. Like he really is like quiet. Oh wow! Okay, he's a guy that does not. And, and when you're a DJ, suddenly people are like, Especially... "Yeah, you're a fucking partier, dude. Come on, let's hang <laughs> I out, mean, dude. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, that's you're what people think. Vegas nights. Yeah, and they're all doing ecstasy. Yeah, and if you look at Steve Aoki, like his big thing is he. It's like I fucking pour booze in people's mouths. I yeah. throw cake on them. Yeah. Like that's Stevie Aoki's big thing. He's like, he throws cake on them. He puts a big like life raft out in the crowd. Yeah. He goes crowd service. Like I'm the party. I'm here with you. Yeah. And it's like, if you're just like a quiet kid from Sweden, who just like <laughs> yeah. made shit in his like basement. Like it's, a, it's a lot. Wow. It's yeah. a lot. Plus, I mean like he's like, he's kind of handsome. Right. So it's a little bit more of like, why aren't you this big star? Yeah. Why don't you want to like hang out and be super famous? It just stressed him out. He just didn't want yeah. it after a while. And he was you, tired probably and, and yeah. strung out. You know? Well, what happened yeah. was basically his touring life became like all year. And then he got pancreatitis, which is from alcohol use. Sure. And that, that was like there's footage of doctors in – like Melbourne, Australia, after he had this happen, being like, you need to stop. Like, you need to take a break. And we realize you have this huge tour. So, I mean, like, you can do it, but we're telling you, like, don't do it. Like, they can't tell you to just not do your work and shit. But they're like, this is bad. Like, you've literally had, like, shutdown of organs. Right. You know? And so he, his, and in that same clip, it's literally like his management being like, well, we do have those dates. 
that you gotta make wow. to finish out this Australian tour. Then we can get to the thing. Whoa! And he's te- he's telling them throughout this documentary that's called True Stories. He's telling his people like, "I'll be dead. I'll be dead soon. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die." He says it like Whoa. as clearly as possible. He's like, "I'm dying. The doctors are telling me I'm gonna be dead. Like, I need to stop." And what's even fucking crazier is like no one would blame his manager for saying this kind of shit, but like literally at the in, in this documentary at the top of his tour, his manager goes, "I'm Avicii will be dead at the end of all this because I'm gonna make him do so much shit." Like he's like bragging, like he's like Avicii will be dead. Whoa! <laughs> like, like he literally is like he's gonna have the most insane schedule ever, dude. Whoa! And it's like, sure enough, yeah, fucking killed him. Whoa! It's like this insane culture. So I mean, like you know, he tried to get out of it. He he would take big breaks ish, and it got more and more. Because he retired finally at 26. Yeah. Like, he tried to, like, kind of, like, figure out ways to, like, can I just take, like, six months out? And, like, even, like, there's footage of his of his manager just being, like, I mean, if you take six months out, it's, like, you know, who's Avicii in six months? Wow. You know, it's, like, him Jesus. just being, like, shitty. Yeah. Just not understanding that you're killing your client. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it's, like, he he goes back on tour because he's got some obligations that his crew just won't let him deal with. And he gets, like, severe... Uh, what is it? He underwent surgery to get his appendix and his gallbladder removed after wow, that. They dude. both started fucking up. And your gallbladder is, like, the part of your liver that just stores vomit. <laughs> it's like you've oh, just Oh, I thought been... the gallbladder was your balls. <laughs> Is <laughs> the ball bladder? The ball bladder. Oh, you said gallbladder, not the ball bladder. Yeah. It saves all your jizz. <laughs> yeah. Your yeah, the gallbladder is where you store the cum you make with your dick. <laughs> the dick makes the cum and then it's stored in the gallbladder and then it goes to the balls when you're ready to shoot it back out your dick. This is my contribution to this episode. <laughs> Have you ever had like any surgeries like of intestines? Um, I had a hernia thing when I was a kid. They had to make my dick shorter. Because <laughs> it was just too much. You know? They had to figure out. It was just too much. The it... stress of this big dick is killing this child. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never had to have any surgeries, but fucking God willing, you know. <laughs> well, it's a weird... You know, part of your life. You're going to have surgeries eventually. It's yeah, a of course. Thi- Everybody does. It's a weird does. thing of like... You're just like immobilized. Yeah. And then the idea that somebody would even be like, all right, so you got to get out of bed and like go to Australia right now. <laughs> like you're like, I can't Whoa, walk. Whoa, what the fuck? That really happened? I can't walk. Yeah, yeah. Like his, he got his gallbladder and dude, his gallbladder taken his out. His management never stopped. His agents never stopped. Wow, dude. Like it literally. Here's, here's my question. Yeah. What does Zed think about all this? <laughs> We gotta find him. <laughs> All I know is that dead mouse is an actual dead mouse. <laughs> Whoa! That makes me sad. <laughs> Whoa, dude, is that true? Because I wow, man. <laughs> yeah, dead mouse is literally Stuart Little dead. Whoa! 
<laughs> it's crazy that a dead mouse could make music. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> we're like an hour into the show now and we're losing our minds. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so what's crazy with Avicii <laughs> is he had a farting disease that was killing him slowly. Yeah. So wake me up when I'm farting. <laughs> <laughs> I love this music, too, because it's like you have to be on a treadmill to even like it. <laughs> totally. And I am. And I do. There's no way to like it any other way. Um, <laughs> I guess what's crazy is like he <laughs> was. <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed fun. I'll stop. I'm sorry. I'm really, 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 really sorry. It just seems like his management killed him. <laughs> Good yeah, one. It you totally, got him. Dead. You totally, got him. Yeah. Jake Yeah. And then when he, after he committed suicide, I farted on his grave. Well, it's like him talking about retirement and being like, I'm done. And I'm not listening. That's fucking crazy. And he he told them for uh, like a year, just like, I'm trying. I'm quitting. I'm quitting. Like, I want to stop. No more dates. No more dates. And they'd be like, okay, well, you still got this, and you'll be sued if you don't do that, so do this, do that. Wow. So, like, he retired, and he still had to do dates. He was officially retired. Like, it was announced in, like, Rolling Stone, like, every music publication, and he still had to do, like, a half a year of touring. What? (laughs) Yeah. He couldn't quit when he even wanted to. Wow. Oh, yeah. So he probably had to like come out and say he retired so people would stop booking him, but he had all these other pre-booked. Yeah. That was probably the only way to get his manager to do he what literally, he wanted. He was like, I thought all my people were my friends and they would all have my back. What, me saying I need to take time off yeah. for like a year or two. But in fact, everyone got mad at me and said, you need to do... More dates. Whoa. Because, and I think what we have to understand with this is like, with EDM becoming huge, it's like the money yeah. coming in, the capitalism of, of yeah. it all. Where it's like, you don't understand, man. You canceling that date, now like 100 people aren't going to get paid. Yeah. Their 200 assistants aren't going to get paid. And we were all going to get paid a million dollars to be I think it's that last tonight. thing I think it's the last thing that it made really people is. act that way yeah and sure a good person is concerned with their employees getting paid and stuff like that but if that were the real concern he could have just like fucking paid all their salaries for a calendar year and probably been fine with the amount of money he's making probably yeah I mean like you would hope like management would not like be like all right avici's got to pay for it but yeah like exactly yeah that was his main thing he's like it's just money and i'm going to die yeah like he just kept being like look look what literally happened to me physically what you said about him getting that surgery with the appendix and the gallbladder being taken out and then they basically coerced him into doing dates that's that's like some of the most abusive shit i've ever oh yeah 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 most people when writing about avici are like his management killed him. Wow. If you watch this documentary, you will literally hear his managers, his tour manager and his regular manager just being like, you know, he says this, but, uh, you know, we gotta make, you know, we gotta make money. God damn. Like it's, it's like, yeah, the EDM 
management and agents were definitely not looking out for their artists. And this is why, like, literally... Well, besides... that is mind-blowing. <laughs> well, besides... The Asian... guy who thought to himself, I want to be an EDM agent is a bad guy? Crazy! <laughs> yeah, right? Wow. I want to be Chris D'Elia's stylist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Totally. No, I know. You know the music that invigorates people at the most base level possible um, to do drugs and not think? <laughs> I want to facilitate that. Yeah. They just have like zero empathy. Yeah. And it's so fucking weird. Like I watched this documentary with like his manager like talking a lot to camera, like just saying shit that like dude, you don't, you don't even know your client's about to kill himself. <laughs> like, yeah, you were saying sure. shit. Like, one was just like how he kind of arranged for Avicii to be so huge in the beginning was like him just lying on the phone and shit. Like he would be like talking with EMI, uh-huh. which is one of the biggest you know music companies sure. ever. And he'd be like, hey, so Universal just wrote Avicii a check for $500,000. And uh, we'll go with you if you match it. And like him being like, there's no fucking check. Wow. <laughs> like to the camera being like, this is a whole lie. And then like literally in that day, EMI calls him up, matches the offer. Wow. And then it's like off to the races. It's just like sounds... you just made a deal for fucking a half a million dollars. If we're going just based on that, this guy sounds like a great manager. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird where you're like, yeah, it's Incredibly savvy. Imagine (laughs) if your manager did that. You're just like hanging out with your manager and they're like, watch this. And they call Stand Up Records and they're like, Comedy Central Records just wrote us a check for $500. (laughs) That's all I can know for. Totally. If you match it, we'll consider... Going with stand-up yeah. records instead. Hell, Hampton, if you play the improv lounge tonight, they'll pay you eight dollars. But if you play is- the improv main room, they pay you ten dollars. Later that day, stand-up records called him and wrote him a check <laughs> for one hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> they couldn't match it. <laughs> 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 and no one could match Avicii's fucking paycheck, man. Damn, dude. People just kept paying him so much money that you almost... Kind of, I mean, like, I don't like his manager. I don't yeah. like the people around him. But I also go, what do you do when there is this much money being... Like, it's a ridiculous amount. Tell you what I'd do, buy an island. <laughs> <laughs> like, if someone was like, Dave... We mm-hmm. gotta take out your appendix, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm in. If you keep it in for a day mm-hmm. and just have searing knife pain in your stomach, uh-huh. uh huh, we'll pay you five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I definitely do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we're the worst examples of like. Well, we, I've done shit for for nothing. <laughs> yeah, I've lost money to get I've... more pain. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, it's like, I think Avicii eventually found, Avicii eventually. uh, (laughs) Hi, I'm Avicii eventually. (laughs) And this is my gazebo. Uh, I think he, he, and it's so impressive, honestly, at, at the age of 26 to be like, you know what? Fuck having any more money. Yeah. I'll figure it out. 
Yeah. Like, I'll probably be fine. But even everyone telling me I need this money to just keep my career going and I'm going to lose money, I'll maybe lose it all. I don't Fuck care. You. Yeah. I've been not listening to you for a year. Yeah. You know? And like, wow. I don't know. It's what he had to go through. And then he just like eventually finally had no more dates. And he, just sort of like Yeah, then he eventually got out of all of his contracts and he was Here's the thing is what's <laughs> very sad about the whole thing. It's like, you know, himself. it's like if someone's getting to that brink of death due to alcoholism, yeah. that your gallbladder and a, <laughs> appendix has to be removed. Yeah. It's like you can't there's no like cold turkey. <laughs> going right. on here it's not like okay well now i've stopped right so he was in good sorts but i think what happens when you and here's the thing a lot of people have pointed to like again like this is just something to take into anybody who's listening to this like your own like personal life like if you're living a life off of like uh you know fast food and booze and like not getting nutrition not getting sleep these will accumulate like very real like depressive episodes that you can't get away from. Right. You know, if if depression is a chemical imbalance, if you're fucking with your chemicals yeah. a bunch, it will event it will very soon actually have like ramifications. Right. And you'll get very yeah. very intensely depressed. Right. So when he had his like whole appendix shit, like he never really recovered. Oh, really? Like, on the road, when his management was like, you got to go back on the road, he was still feeling, like, stabbing pains in his back and his front, like, of his stomach. Like, he just felt like he was being stabbed. Wow. And you had to go do shows. Wow. So, when he quit, like, he got healthy, but he still feel the pain. Yeah. And at that time, he was, like, super, like, perked perked up is what i call it like when you're like on crazy amounts of percocet oh sure and you're just being like which percocet is like heroin (laughs) sure definitely so he was just being like drugged out wow yeah and so i mean he quit but then like two years later it's like you're not dealing with you don't there's no cure to the pain and a lot of you is kind of like fuck like did i you know do i have a career going forward everyone kind of told me the minute i i i i stopped i'd be done which is all his management telling him you know it's the minute you stop you can't come back and every time he tried to come back lightly they'd overwork him right so you're like i can't come back yeah without feeling overworked so he was in this in this very depressive state and he had like a family and he had like, you know, um, you know, a romantic life, you know, and like, wow. But like, God it, damn, did, it didn't like make a difference. Such a sad story. He tried man. to take like vacations and just try and get like settled. But it was kind of like, you're a Vici. You're this guy who could make a, you know, a million dollars a night or whatever, you know, like you make hits. Yeah. You make like, not only do you make like EDM hits, you make hits that like, are global and win awards. Yeah. So, you know, how are we going to make money off you? And it's just like, it's so fucking weird to watch this guy's life. Wow, so he just couldn't... Yeah, that's crazy, man. I mean, it sounds like he just it. couldn't escape it. Yeah. His own fame. That's... Wow. I mean, I w- man. There has to be an EDM manager 
who would be like, yeah, if you only want to do one show, I'll get you just one show. There has to be one. Well, what 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 kind of happened with his career was he was originally just playing like one to two shows a month. Yeah. And then just once it becomes like, hey, you have a hit song. No, but what I'm EDM. talking about is later, him right before he died. There had to be one person that would have been nice to him. You know That's I mean? the crazy thing is like his friends are even like supportive, you know, of like get out. Yeah. But still it's like, well, you're my producer friend. Like, how am I paying you? Yeah. You know, it's like the money really the minute you start you stop earning money, like all of the finances start to come into play. Right. You're like, okay. I mean, like, look at MC Hammer. It's like if you have like <laughs> You know, all these people who are hangers on. Yeah. It's like the minute the cash flow stops. It's like, hey, man, I need a wage this week. Yeah. Like, they don't have your back. They're yeah. like, that was my job. Where's my money? Yeah. You know? So it's like, you're responsible for all this shit. Wow, yeah. Yeah, it's so crazy, dude. And I, I, I just really feel like EDM got I... taken advantage of the most in the recent, like, last decade. It's just like wow. All that's dude, true. The real victim here is EDM. <laughs> it, dude, apparently all of these DJs for EDM have like suffered like schizophrenia, like Whoa. massive like suicidal depression, like just shit has been affecting them cuz like when I watched the Steve Aoki documentary, it's like they're just like you can play clubs, dance clubs like we can book you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There's no day that's not a club day. Whoa. It's just every day. Yeah, You could wow. be in a different part of the world playing club music. Wow. While people want to get fucking crazy on ecstasy. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, he, tr- he tried really hard to, like, you know, keep up, do his best. He tried to retire. He tried to keep out of it. And, you know, the big message I'd have with this episode is, like, just really, like, watch what you're putting in your body and shit, like, and just how much you're abusing your body, you know? Certainly yeah. through work, but I mean, Drink like, less soda. <laughs> well, the craziest thing is, dude, in this documentary, he's getting an appendicitis, and there's literally, like, four liters of, like, Coke oh, all around course. him. He's just, like, he, he's, like, I can't stop drinking sugar like there's no way i can just stop i drink like so much of this a day i can't just go cold turkey that's fucking insane (laughs) yeah it's so fucking crazy dude (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and yet all the lyrics are like wake me up where life is heaven yeah (laughs) i'm dancing now because i'm drunk (laughs) (laughs) wow man that's that was so fascinating, man. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. I really got so fascinated with how EDM culture is like fucking over their musicians right now. It's crazy, now, dude. That I I got incensed. Yeah. Like I got mad about Should this. we go over to Ibiza and fight <laughs> those guys right now? <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, Ibiza and then fucking Cancun. <laughs> oh man. I'm so ready, dude. Dude, can you imagine like Dave, you got to fly to Dubai tonight. You're going to play a show. You're not going to talk to anybody. You're going to do one high five to a fan, and then you're out of there. Like, 
Not only can I imagine it, I wish it daily. <laughs> I'm always like, I don't know how to even like, I, I already have a hard enough time touring, doing anything on the road. But imagine just like, I don't know. Yeah. Kind of like just, you just walk into a room, you have to leave and then travel across the fucking globe. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so all of it. Everything stress. you've been talking about sounds like an absolute waking fucking nightmare. And, and something yeah. that I think he's dealt with that is like really a like thing that leads into depression is anxiety. And it's like he's had anxiety. And what that is basically is like you're faced with a new situation and it's like a mirror that just gets cracked into like a thousand different dimensions. You're like, oh, reality could go this any number of ways. And right. then your brain gets so fucking fired up about, sure. like, oh, it could go bad in all these different ways. Right. Well, yeah, especially things. if you're all fucked up on drugs and drinking and, yeah, yeah I don't know. So if people are just bringing you, like, business opportunities all the time where you're just like, I just want to create... Yeah, right. want to create beats, like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Step back. You can know? your next song be called Fanta? <laughs> yeah. Can you make a song for Scion? We want to do a pro- promo for Scion right Whoa. now. <laughs> I hope our comedy gets bought up by Scion. Scion. Specifically. Mountain Dew. Guys, thank you so much for listening to Scion Buddies. <laughs> Don't Scion yourself. <laughs> Scion alive, dude. You get it. <laughs> Uh, well, this has been a fun episode, man. Dude, it's been so fun, man. Seriously, like, I think that episode, more than any other episode we've done, I just, like, listened to you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, I noticed. Did you? <laughs> I didn't interrupt and say soccer tits the entire fucking time? <laughs> no. Well, I hope you got something out of it. I mean, I, I kind of wanted to go... No, speaking my language, dude, getting... Dude, a fucking manager. I really related life? to his story, especially. That- Is your manager ruining your life? Wait, <laughs> do we need to go fucking talk to your manager right now? <laughs> yeah. Man, uh, yeah, no, being overworked. It, it, actually, it's really interesting. I, I, um, it's like not at all. I actually don't relate to his story at all. My life is not at all like that. But I, but the thing I relate to it. I overwork myself. I always have in comedy. And I am like right now really trying not to. Mm-hmm. Trying to like relax more and stuff. And in doing that, I'm realizing that just like me, a person who I put it on myself and I like ran shows and did tours and podcasts and wrote things and shot things and auditioned and whatever as much as I could to the extent of like not having a social life. Even just me doing that yeah. was like, if I look back, drove me insane. <laughs> and uh, I like, yeah, haven't for a long time didn't feel connected to people. And I've, I look at especially the first five years of stand up. But no, really all of it, just like depression and anxiety and stuff. Yeah, that is it really. I'm not entirely getting into it because we've been talking for like 13 hours, but uh, (laughs) I'm sure I'll talk about it more like I definitely exhaustion from overworking has affected me in a big way. And I don't even have it close to what you're talking about with him because there's like jet lag and alcoholism. And yeah, I feel like uh, part of it is also like, yeah, just like 
we think we kind of know when we're like healed. We're like, yeah. Oh, I've only, I, you know what? I took two weeks off. That was the two weeks I was going to take off. I feel yeah. great now. It's not the truth. It's like sometimes it's like if you've been on tour for a year, you probably have to take two years off. Right. For your pot, your body just to adjust. <laughs> your totally. chemical balances to adjust. So uh, I would recommend don't be a DJ. Uh, don't write any don't big be songs. Don't DJ about this. Don't write. <laughs> don't be a DJ. Give me a BJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be a deej, get a beej. <laughs> That's my message here from the Dare That's program. That's my chill out message. <laughs> Give me a beej, deej. <laughs> That's what I say to DJs when I see Male DJs. Uh, yeah, that was fucking great, man. Thanks. And thank you all for listening, you know? Uh, make sure you sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash suicide buddies. Um, because uh, you have to. You have no choice. So you have to make sure to do that. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, folks. If you're actually actively thinking about suicide, we would hope that you would call 1-800-273-TALK. It's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. They do incredible work, and they are better equipped to maybe deal with such a serious thing. Dave and I love you, and we want you back each and every episode. Thank you. we invented things like same-day delivery and PB&J in the same jar. We love convenience, which is what makes Kaiser Permanente so special. We offer health care and coverage together. So rather than having your doctor over here and your insurer there, we provide quality health care and coverage under one roof, freeing you up for other important tasks, like making a quick sandwich. Kaiser Permanente. Together we thrive. Visit kp.org slash integrated. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan of the Mail Atlantic States Incorporated, 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852.